butter okay, Steve? The water, is it? No. I didn't pressure Mr. Day. Okay. Well, I got to back up just in case. <laughs> Rachel laughs as she drinks a nice fresh bottle of wine. <laughs> Now, I'm glad our teens are a little older. I could see them putting something in this or whatever. See, I'll just put some little spicy stuff in it or whatever. See what happens. Anyway. Isn't God good? He is so good and he is so awesome. You know, to, to be able to come together and sing songs of worship together about the closeness of God, about the peace of God and the comfort of God and, and, and with all the turmoil that's going on in this world or life or, you know, uh, contending with our flesh or, you know, the wickedness of the world. Um, it's just such a peaceful thing and we rejoice in that. The the men uh, in this men's Sunday school class talking about how that, uh, you know, rejoicing, to rejoice in the hope of glory and just, you know, what that rejoicing is and, and that longing to be with our Savior and that, that this year, yes, we are here to, to, be, a, to be used of the Lord, to to share Christ with others in word or through testimony and 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 that's all for God's glory but greater yet just to be with him and uh, uh, we, we just it's just uh, God is just so good um, I heard most of the uh, the uh, testimonies uh, today. Uh, forgive me if I, um, if you're talking to me and I don't quite understand what you say. Uh, my hearing's a little wonky right now, so as you're well aware of, sometimes it gets that way. So right now, I'm uh, speaking to myself. So this message is I'm really hearing in my head. So just imagine putting something in your ears and start talking. That's what's kind of happening right now. So, uh, anyway. Um, but in a few weeks, that Lord willing, I should all be taken care of, and my family will be better off for it. Anyway. Okay, turn in your Bibles to Psalm, uh, again, to Psalm 34. Psalm 34. Just... Uh, Going through Psalm uh, 34 and and uh, seeing the comfort that David received from his difficult time in his own personal fear of uh, running from Saul in fear of his own life, and then how the Lord humbled him and how he uh, uh, was able to rejoice and have that confidence again restored in his heart. 
For we know once again that there are things that face that we go from day to day, things that we, won't, we don't even know about that we might face. And, and yet uh, we can rest assured that we can you know, stay true to the Lord, that we can uh, rejoice in the midst of trials. And, and so we seek comfort in the midst of trials. There's comfort and praise as we've seen, comfort uh, in his grace. And then uh, last week we looked at there's comfort uh, in having the fear of God in in our life and that fear of not as a fear of of being scared or our God's a God of wrath and hell and fire and brimstone, but for the believer it is a fear of of putting ourselves at his feet in worship and awe and wonder and... uh, and, uh, honor and respect and so we have that comfort in there but within that comfort of fear is a promise oh i loved promises as a as a kid or as kids do and i can remember uh, when my kids were younger and i would have them you know be, be doing chores around the house or whatever on a particular saturday and I'd make a promise to him, and you get your chores done. We can go to McDonald's, and I'll get you an ice cream. Well, that motive, you know, that kept him motivated, and oh, they look forward to that promise. You know, going to McDonald's. That doesn't work anymore, by the way. <laughs> I ask them if they want to go, just just for all time. No, Dad, I'm good. <laughs> anyway, oh well, just cherish the moments, I guess. Anyway, you know, a promise I can. Uh, you know, remember uh, growing up as a boy and, you know, doing my own chores and, you know, bringing in firewood and, and cleaning my room and feeding the dog and having to get all that stuff done. So the promise was I could go out and play and do, play in the, you know, ride my bike and go play with my friends or, or uh, you know, go play with my matchboxes in the ditch. Uh, I'll explain that later if you want, but anyway... Uh, you know, just 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 go, <laughs> just you know, be able to play and look forward to that. There are other kinds of promises as well that we grew up with. I can remember my parents and growing up as a teenager, or going to my preteen and teen years, about the the importance of always telling the truth about trust, and that if I always, if, as long as I told the truth, they would always trust me, and Never to break that trust, because if we don't trust you, then freedom is lost. You know, you can't go as far as you used to go. You can't stay up as late as you used to stay up. You can't, you know, your freedom's restricted from that. And so there is, there is, there is good that comes from being, you know, obedient. And, and so, um, but there is a promise for those who seek comfort in the fear of God. There's a comfort for those that speak, that seek comfort in the fear of God. Remember again, to fear God is to honor, to respect, and obedience to our Savior. That we should, that fear should be greater than any trial or temptation. That to con, uh, to continue in the fear of God in our trials is to really trust Him fully, 
And as we looked at last week, just for uh, just a quick review, how is that fear got, uh, accomplished in our life as believers? Two, two simple things, and I'm sure hopefully you remember. If not, this will kind of spur your mind a little bit more. But first, to love God. Simply to love him. And not only to love him, but then to hate sin. To despise sin. To know that, that, that sin that, that works sometimes within our flesh or the sin of the world or what have you. Those uh, temptations that we have. That those take away our love for God. That those take away that fellowship with our Savior. And so a love for God, you know, as it talks about over in Matthew, I believe over in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, thou shalt love the Lord thy God, right? With all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And the second is like unto it, that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. To love God, that is our commandment. That is the only, uh, plain and simple. You come and hear a message preach someone could just say well go love god love god that's what this it all encompasses of loving him now there's now how do you love god and how you get to know him and how do you stay loving to god those things also we know the verse in romans 8:28 for all things work together for good all things and we scratch our head with those some of those things but all things work together, together for good, to them that what love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. It's like one of those conditional things. All things work together for for good for to them that that first one love God, and second that are called according to His purpose, to be in His purpose, to be in His will. And then also to just to hate sin. God uh, hates sin over in, uh, I just, um, I'm just going to turn, you don't have to turn there, this is just, uh, just for a quick review here and then we'll move on after this. But over in uh, Proverbs uh, chapter 8, I don't remember if we used this verse last week or not. Um, Proverbs chapter 8, or excuse me, yeah, 8.13. For the fear of the Lord, talking about fear, the fear of the Lord is what? To hate evil, to hate sin, pride and arrogancy and, and the evil way and the forward mouth I do hate. And we know that over in Proverbs, if for your notes or for if you want to read on about this, over in Proverbs six, starting in verse sixteen, talks about how what the things how the what the Lord hates. But it's all sin, sin. So to love God and to hate sin, to to for to to uh, how the fear of God is accomplished for us as believers. And so we see here, um, we read some time ago in, in uh, Psalm chapter 34 and starting in verse 8, it says, Oh, taste and see that the, that the 
that the Lord is good. He's inviting him to taste and see the, the invitation to see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Happy is the man that puts their faith and trust in him. And then, and then in that he says, Oh, fear the Lord, his saints. And then that promise there, For there is no want in no, excuse me, for there is no want to them that fear him. For there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer and hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Let's pray. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time together in your word, we just pray that as your word goes forth, that we might be strengthened by it, Lord, and and that it might uh, uh, draw us unto yourself wherever our hearts may stand before you, that uh, whatever our heart might, might need, Lord, and that we would apply these truths to our heart and life, that, uh, that our walk with you would just... Uh, continue to grow closer and we ask these things in your name we pray amen so a promise for his saints a promise for his saints there is no want in in them that fear him there's no want meaning that there's nothing lacking there there's there the idea of not to want that that the need is met, that he supplies, the, that Jesus Christ, our, our Savior, he supplies the real wants in our life. He supplies the wants in our life. He meets our needs. To know that he is our provider, everything that we have is, is God's. And he can allow us to have it, or he can take it from us. But whatever it may be, blessed be the name of the Lord. Because our fine, this is not our fine, this is not our home. This is not our resting place. Our resting place is with our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that He and our, our, we need to be resting in Him and not to be desiring anything above our Lord and Savior because then we be, become to have an idolatrous heart. You know, the, you know to, we need to be careful of those things. A lot of people get caught up in physical things and, and they take out loans and different things. It's so easy to walk in, walk in and get a loan or or at least for cars and different or certain things anyway, and or that you can overstretch yourself and find yourself, well, you know you wanted it. Well then you gotta do all this extra work and this, that, and the other. Well, where's the time for God? Where's the time for God? Do we gotta work so much to keep our lives so comfortable that we don't have any more time left for God? We need to be careful of the idols or the things that are in this world of what we want. You know, in my flesh, oh, it'd be nice to have a, you know, a big old muscle car, you know, a, like a GTO or something like that. And and then when I come down the driveway, you know, you can hear me rumbling. Or if I take you for a ride, you know, you can just feel the engine in the seat. Not like these electrical 
pansy cars that you can't even hear, hear anymore. You know, that when you push on the gas, I can remember Noah when he got one of his mini trucks, and he had that diesel truck. Oh, that was heaven. Smell that diesel. Yeah, you know, it was good stuff. That was a man's thing. Sorry, Rachel. I don't know if you enjoyed the truck or not. No, she didn't enjoy it. But anyway, um, you know, you know, we get caught up. Sometimes we get anxious. But you know what? Nothing matters except our Lord Jesus Christ. For those things that we can buy with our hands that we see, they all corrupt. They all go away. Can't take it with us. Spurgeon says, Charles Spurgeon has said, God will not allow, God will not allow his faithful servants to starve. He will always meet our needs. And a key word I think that Spurgeon wants to, that would be saying if he was preaching up here this, this morning with this passage is that his faithful servants, as you are faithful to God in your service to him, in your works towards him, in giving to God in different, by different ways and by different means, no matter if you have things or not to give, but you are yet faithful to him that he will provide, that he will not starve his servants. You think of the widow's might. You think that she went on starving after that? No, I believe God provided for her. And God is just not up there trying to make our lives miserable. You need to give everything to me, and you need to do this, and, and you know, I'm going to make your No, God has, he, he wants to have our life, you know, give our life, have our life abundantly to him. And so as we fear him, we, we trust him, we obey him, we are at peace with him, we are then... We will be content with what he has given to us. There is contentment with fearing God, is, is it not? Where we begin to put ourselves under, the, under him, to trust and obey him, that fear of God and, and knowing that, um, who God is and we're being a faithful servant to him, is that we'll be content. There is no greater place to be than the center of God's will in our life. No greater place. It doesn't matter your, your, how big your bank account is or if you even have one. It doesn't matter. So we'll be content with God, what God has given us. Then we have gained, we have gained everything. We have gained, we have gained everything. And first, uh, I believe it's uh, First uh, Timothy six six, and uh, uh, there it says, "But godliness, or excuse me, that's not it. Let's just go over there. Uh, uh, first, uh, I believe it's First Timothy, uh, chapter six, and starting in verse six. Oh, yeah, okay. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. We have food and raiment. Let us be there with content. Oh, we as Americans, that kind of rubs us wrong. You know, we're into things and... 
and different, you know, whatever. But, but godliness with contentment is great gain. To live godly, to put God first above everything of, with our time, with, you know, it, it, is, it is great gain. And I know there are those of you here who are, you know, really experiencing that, and and it's awesome to see this. It's and then over uh, uh, again over in uh, uh, Philippians chapter uh, three, a, ver- a very popular portion of scripture. Uh, Philippians in chapter 3, starting in verse 11. Philippians chapter 3, verse... Or, yeah, chapter 11. Um, Yeah, Uh, starting verse, yeah, 11. For if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, neither were ready perfect, but I follow after that I may apprehend for which also I'm apprehended of Jesus Christ. Now it's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things are behind and reaching for those things which are before, that no matter how much strife we are going through that we just our hearts need to to be uh, to be content that to have that uh, have that uh, having attained the Lord Jesus Christ in our life i think of one person who who had very little but god provided very much to this man I read his book, uh, George, uh, the book of story of George Mueller, a man who didn't really have much at all. A man in his teen or as a young man, you would never ever think that this man would uh, run an orphanage the way he did and be used of God and be you know, preached in in the way his life started out. For he was caught up in, you know, in, in drinking and in gambling and different kinds of wickedness. And then uh, he was invited to this Bible study and he went with a bunch of friends. And uh, they went there with the intent of mocking what was going on or to kind of cause a little bit of a ruckus and and as the, as the teacher or whomever was speaking from God's word, God got a hold of his heart, and right then he, or then he accepted Jesus Christ as his personal savior. And so, as you're well aware, maybe well aware of this particular story of George Mueller in his book, it says one morning, all the plates and cups and bowls were were empty. There was no there was no Food in the uh, it says lot in the storage in their pantry and no money to buy food. 
The children were standing, waiting for their morning meal. They were in an orphanage. When Mueller said, children, you must know, children, you know we must be in time for school. Then lifting up his hands, he prayed, Dear Father, we thank thee for what thou, ha- that are, that what, what thou art going to give us to eat, having an empty bowl in front of them. Right after that prayer, there was a knock on the door. The baker stood there and said, Mr. Mueller, I could not sleep last night. Somehow I felt you didn't have any bread for breakfast, and the Lord wanted me to send you some. So I got up at 2 a.m. and break some fresh bread, and I have brought it. Mr. Mueller thanked the baker, and no sooner when he had left, when a second knock at the door, it was the milkman. He announced that the milk in his cart, that the milk in his cart had broken down right in front of the orphanage, and he had, would like to give the, the children his cans of fresh milk so he could empty the wagon and repair it. That's the hand of God. That's trusting God. George Mueller feared God. He knew where his provisions were going to come from. He knew where his contentment was going to come from. There is no greater peace and no greater contentment than what God can give to us. And then also, and uh, over enough of Psalm 115.3, he will bless them that fear him. And, and you're familiar with this verse as well. Uh, Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Jesus Christ. And then again, and in Hebrews chapter 13, Verse 6, it says that, So we may boldly say, boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. And so there is comfort in fear that God says he will. It says again that, um, Fear the Lord, O ye, ye his saints the called out ones, for there is no want in them that fear him. Absolutely no want that fear him. Now, David, here we have an illustration. It says here, the young lions do lack and suffer and hunger, but they that seek seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. That's a bold statement. Shall not want any good thing. So the young lions do lack and suffer hunger. You know, I, again, you know, watching those, I've not seen this stuff personally, maybe someday, but, um, you know, you see those documentaries of uh, in Africa with lions and stuff and, you know, and how they, and how they eat and how they are very cunning and absolutely fierce with their prey. And, uh, um, uh, and they uh, eat, and they eat, and they eat, and they eat, and then they, 
and then they howl for more. And yet they, can, they continue just to really, they're, they're never content. It says, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger. Is that, you know, they, they continue to eat, they, but they suffer. They, their need can't be, they, it's unsatisfying. You know, just as, uh, just as they, they, rely, they rely upon themselves, or one relying on themselves in their own flesh, that they just need more, they need more, they need more, because nothing is filling, that nothing is filling. You know, you know, in today's world, you know, with what's going on and, you know, all the craziness of it with, you know, the pandemic and, and politics and, and uh, uprisings and riots and, and different things and, or whatever may be going on and people trying to, to satisfy themselves yet can't get satisfaction because there's no hope in that. The only hope, the only thing that fills is the Lord Jesus Christ. We see here and also we can see another way of looking at this young lion is the young lions who starve while waiting for their parents to feed them, to bring that, you know, maybe these young lions are they're like uh, pups or something like that, and um, and uh, they're they're starving, you know, and there's a drought, and they're waiting for their food. But we can rest assured that no matter what we are facing, no matter what we are going through, that God meets our needs as we fear Him. For it truly says, "Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord." And shall not want any good thing that that God will provide those good things. He says that this word lack here means to, means uh, to be poor, to uh, to to suffer in to suffer in need. And you know what? That's where the Lord wants us to be poor in the sense of not in in and of ourselves. That not to be self-reliant, not to be, oh God, I got this, I don't need you. I have my bank accounts full, my health is well, the wheels turn on my car, I'm good, family's doing well. I don't need you, Lord. Or I need, I don't, you know, I only need you Sunday morning. But no. But there needs to be a lack. There needs to be that that uh, that need, that desire, that just that poorness of spirit, in a sense of in a sense, almost how these young lions, where they do lack and suffer hunger. But they that seek the Lord, they that seek the Lord. We spoke on seeking the Lord a little while ago. But they that spoke, or excuse me, they that. Seek the Lord uh, to strive to know him, which will lead to loving him. And the more we love him, the less our wants will be. The less our wants will be. And we shall not want. We'll be complete, not empty. 
so will it be full. Uh, We shall not want any good thing. That anything that's useful or profitable, because the Lord Lord Jesus Christ is that that he's a, he that he is our provider. He is as you know the I'm sure most, some of your minds have gone to you know the twenty third Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. Why? Because he provides. And you know when things are at our darkest is when we see God the greatest. Right? When things are really dark and we don't know where to turn, when we get the rug pulled out from underneath us, whatever the situation may be, you know, it's just, you know, leave it to the Lord. I can remember years, years, uh, years ago, um, my employer came up to me and this particular job I was working and things were uh, uh, going slow in the business. I was working on Main Street in Plymouth and the uh, employer came up to me and says, I'm sorry, we're going to have to let you go. You know? And, you know, my test, and I just... You know, this is by the grace of God. This is not, this is not me. But I, in my heart, I just said, well, praise the Lord. It wasn't my job. It's God's job. And he, if he wants to take it, fine. I know that he wants me to provide for my family. So he's going to provide that. And I can still remember leaving and, and kind of reflecting that testimony to my coworkers and other workers as I was leaving because they all felt you know, really bad about it. And I said, oh, you know, it's God's job. He's going to take care of, and, you know, and, and he has. You know, everything that we have is of the Lord. And so, um, shall not want any good thing, shall not want any good thing, because he is our shepherd. He is, this is the one whom we fear, respect, and honor. He is, he is all good. He is all the good that I need. And he will meet our needs. Over in Psalm chapter 84, verse 11, it says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. For the Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. No, kind of another promise. That God will bless us. That there is that promise. That again, for there is no want in them that fear him. Just like as a child obeys his parents. There is reward for that. There's trust. There's you know whatever is being built there. There's, you know, uh, respect or what have you. And so there is no good thing that he withhold from them that walk uprightly. God wants to bless us. God wants to use us. But you know what? We don't love him like we ought to, and we don't hate sin like we ought to. And so therefore, we can't fear him as we ought to. And therefore, we begin to trust in 
the things of this world and get caught up in the things of this world. And we missed out on the blessings and working of God in our life. For God is our sustainer for that grace and glory. He sustains us by his grace. You know, as Rachel was giving testimony, it is by his grace and his grace alone that he sustains us and he is our provider. In fearing God, there is no want that that are obedient, being, you know, being holy, not looking, not looking or trusting in anything of this world. God is almighty and he is in control. We might not, we might look at this world and think, oh, you know, I don't know. No, God is in control. This world has been in tougher times than what even we're seeing now. You think of the fall of the Roman Empire. You think of the dark ages and the plagues and the thousands and thousands of people that died. You think of the, all the death that happened in, the, in, our, in um, our founding country through, you know, through uh, the Civil War and the Revolutionary War and then going out west and the diseases and things that... that that came with that and people, you know, going through hardship and facing different things. And people might have then said, where is God in this? Well, God is here. And he has everything. He's working everything according to his will and to his plan. And he, again, it's he, he is our sustainer. As I was... Studying, I, the thought came to my mind. Think of, think about this. The rich man and Lazarus. We know the story. Lazarus' last moments on this earth was probably at greater peace than that of that rich man. Remember who Lazarus was? He was the guy sitting out in front of the gates. Jerusalem, I believe it was. But anyway, he was sitting out in front of the gate. He was crippled. More than likely, he had leprosy or some kind of ailment that he couldn't move. And he would literally have be fed from the crumbs of people. And yet he was starving so much so, and he was so incoherent that even the, it says that the dogs were looking his sores. He's like, oh, that guy has a bad, what, you know. No, he was rich. That man was rich. And he is right now in heaven with all those who have left us recently. He is rejoicing in heaven. And he was at peace with God. And then there was that rich man. He had the comforts of this world. His health, he kept himself fine. His stomach, his, he never got hungry till he never knew what uh, suffering with hunger was like. His stomach was never bloated because of hunger. His needs were met. He had a roof over his head. He had clothes on his back. He had, he had social contacts or whatever it may be. 
but yet he is burning in hell right now. And so we think of those things. You know, we think of this, this, that what, what really is valuable? It is the fear of God. It is to humbly come before him and live in that humility to love God and to hate sin. For there is no want in them that fear him, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 19 says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect. Perfect. Perfect, perfect. In what? Weakness. Our weakness. Sometimes God has to make us weak on purpose to take a two-by-four over our head and to wake us up and say, remember me? And sometimes we, you know, as, as we should in our Christian walk, to, to live in that weakness, knowing that everything does come from him and trusting him. Just as you trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Jesus uh, um, Trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But again, my grace is sufficient for thee. God will give you the grace to go through what you're going through and what you're going to face. We don't need to worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow is going to take care of itself, as it says in uh, Matthew 5 or 6, I believe. For my strength, God's strength, the same strength that God rose from the dead, the same strength that caused you to be from a child of Satan to a child of God, the same strength that rose Jesus Christ from the dead. That power for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, Apostle Paul talking about, and he prayed three times to get rid of that thorn in his flesh. Excuse me, we don't know what that thorn was. But he says here, Most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my infirmities. Man, to have a relationship with God like that. And the Apostle Paul had that testimony to do it. I would most rather my infirmities, loss of things in this life, or loss of health, or loss of job, or, or whatever the loss may be. I'd rather glory in my infirmities at the power, at the power of God, or excuse me, power of Christ, may just, just rest upon me. Because, again, when you are at your darkest is when you see God the greatest. God didn't come to seek and to save the, the content. He didn't, come and, he didn't come and to seek and to save those that had it all together. No, he came to seek those who what who are lost 
for those that come that that humble themselves before him to those that are content in this world and when they're in their things or whatever this is their heaven this is their heaven you know they've they've made the, you know they've at that you know unfortunately you know they they they're making their choice wrong choice and so we see here that there is no there is no lack to those who fear him as we i want to conclude uh with that today we're going to continue on lord willing uh next week by a lesson says in verse 11 Come, ye children, and hearken unto me. I will teach you. I will teach you the fear of God. What is man that What is man that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good and seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and do hear. And his ears are open to their cry. So we see this, and as we have our walk before the Lord, we got to continue to remember that God is that God is mighty and that He is holy. And that He loves us and He cares for us as individuals. No matter what we may be going through, no matter what we may be facing. And that we will know that provision in our life as we fear him as we ought to. Let's pray. Our gracious God and heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you for your word. Lord, forgive us where we have fallen and trusted in our own flesh and our own wisdom and not fearing you as we ought to, not loving you as we ought to not hating sin, that we're, maybe there's things in our life, our idols in our life that we have set before you that, that should not be there, Lord. I just pray that we, you just give us the strength just to take those down, to, to continue to put you first, just to realize that, that anything that's good in this life strictly comes from you and you alone. I just uh, thank you for your word and the comfort that it gives. Lord, in the midst of a perverse and, and crooked world, Lord, you are here with us, and you love us and you care for us. And I just uh, pray your blessing around the Lord's table uh, this hour. In your name we pray, amen.